Hey guys, and welcome back to Brooklyn Soulmate. Today we will be continuing with part two of the episode from Friday. Again, disclaimer, if you are triggered by any type of content that involves violence, drugs, alcohol, rape, this episode, again, is probably not for you and you can catch us on the next one. But again, this is Mario's story. This is his journey that he was on. So let's just give him a, a nice welcome and continue listening. And the shit that I put my fiance through was insane. And then I ended up getting kicked out of my sister's house because of an argument. And I went to go live at a friend's house for a week until my fiance figured out, you know, terms to get me up to Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. And even in Rhode Island, I was still using bad. I got kicked out of my in-laws where I was because I was using, you know, my fiance got me an apartment. And, you know, like there were times I was thinking about using and when my, my fiance got me to the apartment was when I was like, all right, this is my last chance. Like, this is my rock bottoms, 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 bottoms. Because, you know, every rock bottom has its own bottom. Right. So, you know, he held me, you know, he held me through and we got into an argument. And that's when he, we got into a big argument and. I was thinking about using that night. I'm not going to lie. I was thinking about using that night because I couldn't handle it no more. I couldn't figure out why my life wasn't holding on. I almost lost a good job at FedEx that I had because um, I used when I was at FedEx. I almost lost my job because it for him. You know, like I would have been screwed. And then he came home with Smokey, my cat. And I know it sounds stupid and weird. But when I saw him, my feelings for using <clears throat> went away. I don't know what it was, but I was given this innocent life. And I kind of found myself purpose in a way. And that's the one thing that NA rooms, like they tell you, oh, you have to find you and everything, but they don't help you find your purpose. Right, you have to and, find that yourself. Yeah, and then I had Smokey, and he was, and it's funny because I, we got him at six weeks old. He didn't know how to eat from the bowl. We He actually got him from like a crackhead's house, like from like Craigslist or something. Oh, we got him for $100. $100? And, yeah, and he's a pure, and he's a purebred Russian blue, my little guy. Or he's like a, he's a, he's a gray domestic Russian blue, mm -hmm. where he has Russian blue in him, but I have a he didn't Russian know how blue. to eat. He didn't know how to eat. So I put Cheerios in a bowl and I got on all fours and I started eating. I had a I had a he didn't know how to use the litter box, so I had to train him how to use the litter box. He had to like get like a wet paper towel and generate his and gyrate his genitals so he could use the bathroom. So it's like <laughs> taking care of a kid. Mm -hmm. You know like you don't hear stories where it's like, Oh, if I didn't have a kid I'd be in the gutter somewhere. Yeah. Right. Basically that's what it was. Kinda gives you a reason and a purpose for being yeah, and keep in mind, I was still on antidepressants and everything, and I was just still running through the motions, still hanging around people I shouldn't have been hanging around of. My emotions were a big wave, like a bipolar nutso. Mm -hmm. And then my fiance one day turned around to me, and he goes, 
and I had my I had my meds, and he looked at me and he goes, "Can you not take your antidepressants?" And I looked at him, and I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" I'm like, I'm like I'm "He goes, you're depressed on your depressions. You're you're still your emotional wave of crazy, basically." He goes, "Can you stop?" What's the difference if you don't take them? Hmm. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, all right, well, I won't take it. So we, he told around to this. I know a lot of people who are in recovery are going to like lose their fucking minds, but this is a big fuck you to all because I'm still clean and I'm extremely successful in my career. And you know what? And I stopped taking it. And yeah, at first, I was like, my body was still leveling, the, um, like mm-hmm. going ups and downs, going nuts. God, that was a nightmare to go through. And honestly, <clears> the <throat> detox off like lithium, it's a detox off of um, antidepressants. It's worse than detoxing off of heroin. Oh, well. It's actually the same thing. Only difference is you don't shit yourself. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but let me tell you something. Once I went through it and I did it to the bone, and the way I structured my life and my all right, so I say I'm a zealot. I'm a I'm a very religious fanatic, whatever you may say, I'm or whatever the case is. But my religion, my my Catholicism is the foundation of what I of peace in my life. And in that foundation of God, drugs does not mix into it. Right. I still do the 12 steps. Like, I know it sounds weird, but when I when I did wrong to somebody, I will call and I'll apologize. When I feel like something is bothering me, I will stay up and I'll say it. Mm-hmm. But getting off the antidepressants, the anxiety meds and everything. Now, I'm not telling everybody to get off the ex- antidepressants because you could just be a, like a kind of disbalance and just be a, a, a plain looney tune. Don't get me wrong. You may need it in life. But I'm the type of but I think where I am, it was I just needed to understand that it's okay not to be okay, mm-hmm. and to head it and and to head to it face on mm-hmm. without any potions or doctors or whatever the hell they want to give me. <clears throat> and I have more control of my feelings and everything else. Also, keep in mind here's another thing. You know, you want to talk about. And I, I really don't want to go into politics, but like, all right, I'm a gay re- Catholic Republican. I know it's like, it's like <laughs> everybody's going to be freaking out. Everybody's, everybody's going like... to be like, how the hell is your right wing gay Catholic? Gay is my orientation. It's who I love and how I love. God made me in the womb. Love God is knows love. how I love. Love is love. I do God's work. I preach his word. I feed the hungry. I clothe the naked. I give money to the poor. There's times me and Zeno will see. We know an old. We know like an, an actual poor person who lives in a tent. We went into Stop and Shop. We bought him a rotisserie chicken, fruit. Uh, we bought him non-perishables. We probably spent a good a hundred dollars and gave this to this man in bags. That here you go. Gave him a can opener, and also gave him forty bucks. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that you totally made his day because many people probably walked by him and didn't even pay him mind. No. 
even when I went to New York um, for a funeral for one of my friends who I we don't know if it was an overdose or whatever, but you know what? I was with him. It was an ex-fiance of mine. I was with him for about five, six years. We lived together for ten, and you know what? Like I've seen what the doctors do. They keep giving him the scripts, and he goes to different pharmacies and fills them up. And he was, and he was a product of doctors who failed him. Mm-hmm. Let's just mm-hmm. put it that way. But there was a lady there, and she had a water, and she ran out to the car, bought water. I said, "All right, put it on my bill. I'll pay for it. Don't worry about it." So I came out. The lady, you know, I go get into the car. Lady, that's what she goes. Thank you so much. You didn't have to do that. I said, "No, it's fine." But you know what that little two dollar thing did for that lady? It brought her such a smile to her face. Right, because kindness goes and a that- very long way. And that's what religion teaches you. It's kindness. And religion also teaches you to get off the drugs. And that's what taught me in the kindness of getting off the drugs. Now, so I'm in Philadelphia, which is a big liberal blue state, which I don't know how, but it is. I was, I was at a, I was partying with a few friends. As I was partying, I was also Mickey. I know it sounds weird. Well, you're doing, I was Mickey. I didn't know what I had. Before I knew it, I woke up in a room, hogtied, massively beaten and raped for hours by different people. Oh my God. Oh, Jesus. I, after I was coming to every week, I was thrown in a park in Philadelphia by um, Thomas Jefferson, the hospital at Jefferson, thrown out to die. Oh my God. Unbelievable. But you think that'll make me stop doing drugs. No. That just made me more wanting to do drugs because I was like, what the fuck? Like, granted, I knew what I was doing, but I was making, I wasn't, a, like, this mm-hmm. wasn't what I was. So. Right, it just added to, I go your to the, trauma. I go, I, I go to the cops. And the cop. Now, keep in mind, I, I'm Blue Lives Matter 125%. But you do have those few bad apples, scumbags, I call them. Mm-hmm. Turn around and say, gay and drugs mixed together and left me dead on the street in the park. I had to crawl into the hospital. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. I was held overnight and I was let out the next day, just thrown out, no after plan, no nothing. <clears throat> then the time after that, I used again and... um I had a heart attack. Holy shit. And I had a stroke, I think. We don't know. I'm still trying to get the records. And I'm in the hospital. I told them everything that happened. They had to go through my C-line to get blood and everything. Through my through my breast. They call it a C-tap, or whatever they call it. And I remember I'm looking up, and I started praying the Hail Mary in Italian. The lady's looking at me. She's like, what is that? It's the Hail Mary in Italian. And she held my hand and she prayed with me. And before I know it, I look over and my friend Kate, who died a few months before from a heart attack, was there praying with me and my mother, just looking up and praying. Oh. And I was like, this is insanity. I can't, I can't do this. This is insanity. So anyway, I get out of Jefferson's hospital. I still don't know exactly what happened, a heart attack, stroke, whatever it was. They took out this thing in my wrist, which ended up bleeding all over the floor, which they didn't clean me up. I had to clean up myself. 
and threw me on the street and said, "Have." Oh man, you have me crying. You have yeah. a crying. Yeah, she's she's shaking <sighs> up. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I say my recovery. Everybody laughs. I know my fiance said if I knew them, what I knew that would have got you a cat fucking years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. So I remember I got on my knees one day and I looked up to God and I said, God, I tried everything. Look, I, I tried everything. What well, was the last thing I didn't try was God. You would think the first person I would try as religious as I was, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And I turned up to God and I said, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I put it at your feet. I won't do drugs, but I need some sort of substance in life to bring me up. Through now, we're going on almost three years. I have an amazing career that I built myself from the ground up at my job. Mm-hmm. Um, I have there's intentions and plans from where I am to um, help me succeed and like they're like we have a mentorship program at my job where they pay a contract person to do mentorship and they want me to do it like to invest in it um, they That's guide awesome. me they teach me above what my pay level is because they know that in due time I want to get to that pay level. I'm going into upper level. I'm going into like 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 medium upper level management for um for another position I'm being trained for. Um and let me tell you something. When they say you need good people around you, you need good people around you. And if it wasn't for my direct supervisor, Melissa, and my COO of the company, Dawn. If it wasn't for them and them helping me show me my own worth and help me build and my loved ones, I wouldn't be here. So finding loved ones who actually care is a big thing. And I owe everything to all my in-laws, my best friends, Ken and Lydia and Scott, my fiance, Dino, my mother-in-law, Antonella, my father-in-law, Dino, my sister-in-law, Amanda, my brother-in-law, Josh, the, their kids, my nephews. Even now, like, I'm not talking with my sister because there's a lot of pain there between me and her, the things that did happen mm-hmm. that were was my fault. It wasn't my fault. Things that should be held a different way, and I hold no animosity to her. Mm-hmm. But I'm still in the process of healing like I even think my sister Emily too and even my brother Charlie because there was a point they did care and they and they wanted to and they wanted to do but you weren't ready for I pushed, it yeah I think I pushed them to a point and publicly I do want to apologize to both my sister and my brother for everything I did and to all my family and loved ones who helped me get clean but if one thing Lydia told me that sticks in my head, if it fucks with your peace, fuck them. Mm-hmm. Right. If it if it's if it's gonna fuck with your peace and your sanity, you don't need that in your life. You need you need to stay grounded. And if it's yeah. not gonna keep you grounded, and, get rid of it. 
and even my best friend Candace and her husband Chris, like they'll call me like when I went through some stuff. They she shot up here. She picks me up to bring her Brooklyn for a few days. She goes, Listen, you're doing good. I don't want you to have a snap out. I'm taking you a few days. And she went out of her way to take take me just just so you could work. And she wasn't on top of me. She wasn't like like very narcotic. She just like I was there. Right. And even now to this day, they like, you know, like and my daughter Angel, I'm very close with her. And I sat down and I talked to her and I was like about my addiction, I apologized to her. And the one thing that I love Candace for and I cry to this day till is that she never told her I was an addict. She said she didn't need to know. Well, she needs to remember the memories of you. Mm-hmm. And she had known I spoke to her and it was a different kind of speaking because I, I just wanted to make her understand why I wasn't in her life, you know, to see that. Right. And she gave me a hug and she goes, Uncle Mario, I love you. That's all it is. I love you. I'm like, Angel, I love you too, you know? <laughs> and it's, you, in NA, you put your head down in shame and they tell you to make amends, but they don't tell you how to lift your head back up. Yeah. You all you it. could say is, they're like, well, you're not an addict anymore, so you can lift your head back up. Right. Listen, yeah. you may shoot somebody in the leg and say, I'm sorry, and help them to stop bleeding, but in the end, you still shot them in the leg. Right. You know, it's 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 weird because you you had reached out, you wanted to tell your story. And honestly at first I was I was a little skeptical because the viewers will now know we're family. Yeah. Yeah. You're my cousin. So it could be a conflict of interest, plus I don't anything that you just said, I have no I had no idea. No idea. Um, but I want to share quickly one day when you had showed up at my house, um, you were always at my house, you know, Yeah. my, my door's always open. I don't care. One in the morning, two in the morning, come on over. But there was one afternoon you had showed up and I had just gotten home with the girls for school and I looked at you and I knew something was, was off and I just... I didn't know. I looked at the girls and I said, go downstairs. I sent them downstairs to go play with their cousin. And I sat with you that day. And I knew I wasn't going to say it. It's not my place. It's not my business. I knew that you were on something. Didn't know what it was. But you came because you needed somebody to hear you. And I sat there with you at my dining room table for three hours and you went from being super, super hyper to calm, to crying, back to being hyper. And I just knew at that moment, you just needed somebody to listen judgment free. I know what you're talking about. I know that day and that, Maria, I, I'm going to tell you, that day what you did to me saved my life because I was going to do something that I wouldn't be able to take it back. I and know. we would not be having this conversation. Because it was, for me, for you to show up at that time, I knew something was wrong because dead in the afternoon, just coming home with the kids from school, it was a feeling that I had. And I said, no, I'm not going to tell him I'm busy. I have time. I'm never going to tell somebody I'm busy. 
I sat with you and I knew, and I still had to cook dinner, do homework. That all could wait because I knew that you needed someone at that moment. You know how many stories about me are around that not even true with the family and with things that it's like, look, like one thing that Dino would say, even while I was an addict, I'll admit to it. I'd be like, yeah, I did. I did that. I did the drugs. Like, don't get me wrong. I never stole money from anybody. Like I said, I, I never stole money, never sold anything. I never stole anything from anyone. That wasn't me. I never want to bring it around kids. You know, like I was a functioning addict who was able to go to work, do their things, you know. Um, right. But well, I'll tell you, that's the one thing I never worried about. Because there were times before that when you've come over and I've seen, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, like, and I would joke around and be like, wow, he's flying high. Like, he's he's not even in this universe. Like, he's flying high. And that's the one thing I never worried about my children's safety when when you were around because i know even though you're flying high you would always make sure that they were okay and that they felt safe and that they weren't scared so a lot of times anybody when I was, says that opposite about you it's fucking bullshit yeah but you know what it is um even when you say flying high a lot of times i wasn't even high it was just that like your adrenaline's constantly pumping your serotonin so even when you're not high, you're like, like, like you feel like you're high. It's like the residual effect. Right. It's kind of like you know when you told someone when like some some person some people when they take acid and just never come back. Right. It was kind of like one of those kind of like mm-hmm. one of those things, but like I said, the reason I want to do this podcast is for all of those who suffer from the addiction that has nothing to do with opioids or benzos or anything like that because because they're doctors that are still writing other shit that people are are getting high from like okay crystal meth used to be a gay man's drug everybody knows that that was like a gay man thing lately it's becoming both sides of gay and straight i mean i want to thank you for reaching out and wanting to share your story and i i hope that it helps others and I hope that, you know, you get some kind of peace from telling your story and being able to openly share your opinions, your thoughts, and everything that you've gone through because it's tough to be the one telling the story and everybody will have either positive things to say or negative things to say and... Hopefully you get positive feedback because your story, like I said, we're family. I didn't even know any of what happened to you and you had me sitting here crying. So I want to thank you. And just for people out there who just want to reach out, any of the club kids, and you know who you are, with the James St. James crew, the Michael Alec crew, um, if you ever need to reach out or have a story, um, you can reach me my email at m underscore m a r c h e s e zero one at icloud.com. Okay, guys, that's it for episode two with Mario sharing his story. I really hope that he was able to maybe help someone 
or somebody can relate to him. Again, you can reach out to us at brooklynsoulmates at gmail.com. If you have a topic that you want to hear us discuss or if you want to say hi, just drop us a line. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Same handle, Brooklyn Soulmates. But thanks for listening and we will catch you next time.